Lee is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Thursdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by Tom Rosenbach and his team at Bean Carter. They're one of America's top accounting and business firms. They're based in West Michigan, but service the entire state and coast to coast. You can find out more at BeanCarter.com. They can help your business now. That's BeanCarter.com. Thursdays on the Huge Show across Michigan are presented by Bean Carter. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan. It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It is time to get together on the only syndicated statewide afternoon sports radio show, 19 stations strong. For the one close to you, go to the huge show.net. Also, the free stream is there weekdays at 3. And on the iHeart app, search the huge show. And you can listen anywhere in this country where you get mobile service. Coming up, my final huge opinion on Michigan State moving that Penn State game to Black Friday. Even in Lansing, the vibe isn't good on Michigan State football. And that goes back to Tim Stout a week ago about Mel Tucker. And you take away a home game. You take away tailgating. And I know it's Black Friday, but not every Spartan fan is out shopping. And the Michigan... High School Athletic Association side of this. Mark Ewell, my conversation with him, if you missed it, we'll have that again in about 20 minutes because you need to hear it. He, he takes us right through when Michigan State reached out to him up until the final decision. And it's a one-year thing. And the religious exemption will not come into play. At least from what Mark told us. So I think it's important for anybody connected to high school sports or high school football in the state of Michigan to listen to that conversation here in about 20 minutes and let other people you know uh, also tune in. And if you miss it, always search The Huge Show where you download podcasts. You can catch up and listen on your schedule. I shared a stinging commentary from our affiliate, the game 730 a.m. in Lansing Superfly. I'll read some of it on how big-time football programs would not have done what Michigan State did in moving that game from a home game to a neutral site game. And I know I'm getting a lot of pushback. Well, hey, Detroit, those fans are happy. They don't have to drive far on a holiday weekend. You're Mel Tucker in Michigan State. The line seems to be get to a bowl game if Mel Tucker wants to be coaching there a year from now. And you're giving up a home game? So that article from the game 730 AM really pointed to the fact that maybe you expect to lose, so what the heck, we're going to make a little cash? And the Penn State fans are going to flock into Detroit. Who knows where their team is? They may be a one-loss team. They could be undefeated if the new quarterback 
pans out. Why take away a home game? I don't get that. There is no rhyme or reason to tell me, well, it's going to be good. It's Ford Field. Everybody would want to play indoors. Who wants to play outside? So you're telling me when we get to the college football playoff that if Michigan State ever has a home playoff game in December, late December, which would be almost a month later, that you're going to try and move it to Ford Field to help the other team? When the weather can be an advantage, hello, go ask Green Bay back in the day, the heyday for Star, Favre, and Rodgers. Soldier Field, old school and new school if the Bears are playing well. Cleveland, outside of the drive by Elway on the shores of Lake Erie, or, you know, MetLife Stadium with the Giants or the Jets. You're a program where I think, and I'll say this based on the $9.5 million per for Mel Tucker, that home win or a shot at a home win, even if it is snowing, 12 degrees. I think the weather will give you a better chance of beating Penn State than now taking it indoors. I I really believe that. And that's really what the article said, that a major college football power would never do that. Would Michigan go take the Ohio State game indoors to Ford Field? Would they? No, they're not going to give up the big house for a Saturday. In the big house. Where, where's my pop evil song when I need it, Superfly? All rise for Michigan. And now I'm being called a homer. Yeah, okay, I'm, I'm a homer. Let's go back through the huge show podcast archives. What about the Tom Izzo all-access show? What about Susie Merchant, bless her heart, and her final year of the all-access show? No, I ask you, would Michigan ever give up a home game in the big house? song is a good song. I like Pop Evil. Aren't they from Muskegon, Superfly? I think a couple of the band members are from West Michigan. Oh, yeah, you saying just around here? Right, you're giving me the around, not paying attention to the show, the around there, and it's not with the index finger. We're going to go two floors down on the finger elevator. Michigan would never move a game. Ohio State wouldn't give up a home game. So why did Michigan State do it? That, that is a legitimate question. The, the Michigan High School Athletic Association side of this, when you listen to Mark Ewell here in 15 minutes, he explains it, and I'm cool. I'm cool with that. I am. But the reality is, when you look at 
giving up a home game for a program that just dropped a five and seven dog season when there were high expectations and a coach making nine and a half million and you had a better shot at beating Penn State. I don't care what the crowd was. I don't care what the concession cut will be at Ford Field. You had a better chance of beating Penn State on a Friday night in East Lansing than you do indoors at Ford Field. End of story. I'm curious what the Michigan State fans, the Michigan fans, I know you're piling on, and even talk show hosts would say, hey, they'll never move a game from the big house. Those type of talk show hosts that are just like piling on, never. Won't happen with this show at all. Just won't. It's not us. It's not who we stand for. It's not what we're all about. So for you, the Michigan State fan, I our Bush Light, huge question of the day. Do you agree with the move? Now, I got a Twitter poll that I think runs out in 24 hours. You can vote in that. Add huge show on Twitter. But you tell me, Mercantile Bank listener line one eight six six eight three eight four eight four three. That's one eight six six eight three eight huge. Because now we're, we're all emotional, and especially me, and doing this show, and off air with Superfly and hovering over him, and what are you doing? But when you step back and take a deep breath, and you let the stress out, the high school angle for one year, I can live with it. It's still Michigan State who made the move to Mark Ewell, and you'll hear that interview coming up in less than 15 minutes. But you're a struggling program. You just gave away a game. And anybody who's going to tell me that Noah Kim and Michigan State are going to come down that tunnel at Ford Field and beat Penn State, do not tell me that, please. Okay? So I'm asking... The Spartan Nation, do you agree? The the people who buy tickets, not even the casual fan who watches on TV, I'm, I'm asking those who buy tickets to Michigan State football listening across the state on our 19 stations, are you happy with the move from Spartan Stadium to Ford Field? And I go back to that game 7.30 a.m. column that if you are happy and it's just more comfortable for you, then they're not playing the season to win at the end. Because your better chance at winning is in the wind and cold, if it is cold. And we've had Thanksgiving weekends where it's been 60 and Thanksgiving weekends where you have 10 inches of snow. But if you're playing to win, then you want to keep the home crowd. You want to keep that. Well, we're not going to draw. It's a holiday weekend. Well, then you're not a major college football power. And all this chasing Michigan and going 2-0 and giving your coach $95 million, it doesn't mean squat. So are you a football power? No, not right now. You paid a coach like your Alabama, Oklahoma, Clemson, Georgia, or Michigan, USC, and you're giving up a home game. 
So that means Penn State won't come back to Spartan Stadium. Is it? It would be two more years. Two years from this fall. That's crazy. So our Bush Light huge question of the day, and you can answer it. And I want to hear from the Michigan State fan that has season tickets, that buys tickets. You agree with the move. 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Also, I remind everybody uh, to text the word GOLF to 21,000. How would you like to win a Labatt Blue Golf Getaway this summer? Three different packages that include two overnights, 36 holes of golf for four at the Tullymore Golf Resort in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of GR. The Agaming Golf Resort that features four courses between Elk Rapids and Charlevoix. And Dumaglass, which is a hidden gem between Boyne City and Charlevoix. Two nights lodging, 36 holes of golf for you and three friends. You have to be 21 and up. Just text GOLF, G-O-L-F, to 21,000, and you could be a winner. Text GOLF uh, to 21,000. So if you missed my earlier conversation with Mark Ewell, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, you're connected to high school football as a parent, as a coach, as a player, or just fans, your local teams. You're going to want to hear that conversation, and we'll have it next. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. Shop everything you need for Memorial Day with one stop at Meyer. Get buy one, get one free 80% lean ground beef. Buy five, save $5 on At Millie Stadium Buns, Coca-Cola or Pepsi 24 pack, plus deposit where applicable. Sweet baby ray sauce and lace potato chips. Plus, have fun in the sun with 40% off the entire stock of swimwear for the family. Celebrate together and get the same prices online and in store this week at Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Bill Simonson here for my good friend Tom Rosenbach. He's been the managing partner at Bean Garter for years. He helped grow that firm with the great men and women who are there every day in downtown Grand Rapids working hard for their clients. Well, now Bean Garter has officially merged with Dorn Mayhew, a Detroit-based business company, and they're still going to have that local feel. The same local experts you know and trust, but with newly expanded global capabilities. So Bean Garter is becoming Dorn Mayhew, which means stronger than ever before. And stronger together is that hashtag you can remember now as Bean Garter becomes a Dorn Mayhew firm. But remember, they'll still have that local feel in Grand Rapids and across the state. Dorn Mayhew is a Michigan-based company in Troy. But that local feel with a global reach. And Tom Rosenbach wanted me to express to every client and individual listening that Bean Garter now is a Dorn Mayhew firm. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. Take on the open road for Harley-Davidson's 120th anniversary. Saturdays in May, win a 2023 street glider. On May 27th, you can drive home a limited edition fat boy. It's the 120th anniversary Harley-Davidson giveaway. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. 
Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. At Mercantile Bank, we believe supporting the communities we serve is a vital part of who we are. Our team is here to make a positive impact, a real difference, and we're always looking for leaders to join our team because we're not just a bank. We're a partner here to support what matters most. Come grow with us. Visit MercBank.com to learn more and let's support our community together. Mercantile Bank, member FDIC, equal opportunity employer. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back on The Huge Show, segment two on this Thursday broadcast. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Remember, our Mercantile Bank listener line is always open during the show. You can join us live at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Now, earlier I had a chance to talk with Mark Ewell, executive director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, and he gave me the backstory on how Michigan State and Penn State at Ford Field, which bumped the Friday Thanksgiving weekend high school state championship games to Sunday, how that entire process started and what the end result was. When did you uh, get wind of this? When did they reach out to you and how did it all go down? So we got our first uh, outreach from Michigan State um, just shy of a month ago. And, uh, you know, two of the, the very best partners that we have uh, Michigan State is at the very top of the list. The long relationship we have, um, you know, we play both boys and girls basketball semis and finals over at Breslin, um, spring girls soccer, baseball, softball championships have been there. Um, so we are in almost weekly contact with Michigan State Athletics, and, and that's a really, really good relationship. And we got a heads up that this could be a possibility that the Big Ten Conference had reached out that uh, you know maybe a move to Ford Field. I can tell you, Bill, that um, you know it was after that first conversation with both Michigan State and and just as good of a friend and partner um, with the good folks at Ford Field. We understood that this would be a one-time um, kind of unique situation. And, you know, so your listeners may say, well, one time, well, you know, Michigan State's going to play the last weekend at home in the regular season every other year. Uh, the reason why we were able to make this work for this one year is is two years from now in 2025, the college football playoff is expanding. And when the playoff expands, the regular season's actually moving a week earlier. So in 2025, our Thanksgiving weekend at Ford Field for our championships, the only college football conflict that we'll have is with the Big Ten championship game. Two years from now, no longer do we have to compete with Michigan uh, Michigan and Ohio State at noon on Saturday or Michigan State-Penn State. So it, it became clear that this was a one-year issue um, with Michigan State playing on Friday that was more palatable to me um, that we would still get two back-to-back days. And certainly, you know, playing on Sunday creates some challenges um, for some of our, our school communities. But 
Saturday, Sunday, still having consecutive days with, you know, our staff and set up and all those things. Um, you know, one of our initial conversations is that Michigan State and Penn State might be a Saturday game. Well, then we would play four of our, our finals on Friday and then come back on Sunday. And so it all worked out. Like I said, a, a one-year uh, dilemma. Uh, the Lions on Thursday, Michigan State on Friday, and then we still preserve our, our eight championship games at Ford Field instead of Friday, Saturday. It's now going to be Saturday, Sunday for one year, and uh, we were glad to play a small part in, in terms of making the puzzle fit. Yeah, and we'll talk more about the puzzle fitting, but uh, the Sunday games, uh, there are individuals, there are schools, there are coaches uh, that, you know, they're – Personal religious beliefs won't allow them to play on Sunday. Uh, how will you deal with those situations, whether it's a school or individuals? So our prohibition against uh, Sunday uh, events and competition went away almost a decade ago. And the reason for that is we have many uh, religious schools within our membership of all kinds of, of faiths. Uh, for example, we have uh, the, the Jewish Academy of Metro Detroit. Well, their Sabbath is from sundown on Friday until sundown on Saturday, and that's one of our members to where many, if not most, of our our final championship events are set for Friday and Saturday. So there's a case of of one faith that uh, on their Sabbath has also had to to work around what our championship events are. So that's been a, a longstanding issue. Um, you know, you probably don't hear it as much um, from those communities, but that has always been um, a factor for us. So that, that's one reason we're going to approach uh, this November with flex scheduling. We are not going to announce what divisions are going to play on what days or what divisions are going to play at certain game times until probably after the second round of the, of the playoffs are complete. Um, the reality is that football schools do not need to know now of what uh, day the Division Five championship game is going to be. Uh, everybody really begins to pay attention to their date and their time after they win their semifinal game. And for us, waiting until mid-November, we'll be able to see who's on the bracket. We'll be able to kind of uh, forecast a little bit of what some potential matchups could be. And if some of our uh, schools do have uh, policy in place that prohibits them from playing on Sunday, then those would be the divisions as we put our puzzle together that we probably uh, play on Saturday. It's, it's also the divisions where we potentially could have schools that are coming from a great distance away. The UP, Northern Lower Michigan, it makes much more sense for them to be a Saturday game than a Sunday game. I, I see our Sunday slate being more of our, our kind of metro, uh, probably our bigger school divisions, our, our metro school divisions, to where you get you know schools and areas within an hour or two of Ford Field, uh, uh, a mid-afternoon or even an early evening game on Sunday works, where if it's Iron Mountain coming down on Sunday, uh, that's much, much, much more difficult. So we're going to kind of use a sketch, uh, a flex scheduling plan, we think, uh, we'll be able to, to accommodate uh, all of our schools as effectively as possible. And certainly Sunday's a curveball, but it's one uh, that I don't think uh, is going to be an insurmountable challenge. If there is a a religious exemption where a player or school doesn't want it on Sunday, will you flex them to Saturday and put another school in on Sunday that's willing to play? Possibly, but like I said, right now we have – um, we have Jewish schools in our state that are part of our membership, and 
you know, if they have an individual or an athlete who qualifies for the cross country championships on Saturday, um, you know, we're, we're not moving and rescheduling everything for them. So again, what's unique is we do have uh, Saturday options and Sunday options, and we're going to keep uh, we're going to keep those options available. We're going to be good listeners, and like I said, we'll see after we get through about the second week of the playoffs to see how uh, the brackets fall out. Maybe see where our possible scenarios um, for some of our uh, our Christian or faith based schools may have some challenges, and uh, we'll try and uh, put together a plan that accommodates everybody. You know, Mark, uh, and by the way, Mark Ewell, Executive Director of the Michigan High School Athletic Association, joining us here on the huge show across Michigan, talking about uh, the high school football championships. What he just said for one year only will be Saturday and Sunday Thanksgiving weekend instead of Friday and Saturday. When, when they first approach you, and I get that Ford Field and Michigan State for the Breslin and what you've done have been incredible partners uh, with your association and the MHSAA. But when they first reached out to you, what was your, because you're also a sports dad, uh, what was your first reaction personally, like you were thinking? I guess my first, my very first visceral thought was, here are two of the best, uh, best university in one of the best facilities that we work with. Not only do we have a healthy professional relationship um, some good working friendships have developed in both places over the years. And, you know, um, whenever we run into challenges or problems and I need help from outside groups, I reach out to my friends first. And uh, usually my friends are the first to step forward and say, okay, Mark, I, we, we hear your situation. Let's think of ways where, where we, can, we can help you. So that, that was really our starting point, that um, Michigan State, this was their situation. They really needed our help to make it work. Now, we have a handshake agreement with Ford Field. We don't have a contract to where we could have stood there and refused to move and pointed to the contract. We have a um, a handshake uh, evergreen agreement with Ford Field. And when issues like this come up, um, it's amazing how things can get solved when it's uh, professional, uh, friendly colleagues get together and you get some smart people in the room together and you say, okay, here's the problem. What can be our one-year workaround? Um, so that was my first reaction is because Michigan State has been so good to our association and our kids for the experiences that thousands of kids over the years have gotten to have at Michigan State to end their high school career. I'd say the same thing about Ford Field with you know what they allowed us to do during the COVID year to finish there in January. Um, the way that they're opening, uh, they've been hospitable with us adding divisions of girls wrestling for our weekend there uh, in early March. So, like I said, when um, friends in the business come to you and say, look, we have a dilemma and is there any way you can help us um, because of the, the relationship that's been grown and fostered over a number of years, it really made uh, the solution here pretty easy. So you're not concerned, though, with uh, no formal agreement that all of a sudden if Luke Bryan wanted a Friday or Saturday on a Thanksgiving weekend moving forward or another big college game was offered, that you would have to move again. You said this was a one-year thing, and you're putting the word of your friends uh, with Michigan State and with Ford Field there at the front. Am I correct on that? 100%. 
Hundred percent correct. And if I, I had that concern, we would, you know, want to enter into a longer-term agreement or contract. It's uh, the Lions are committed to football in Michigan. They're committed to high school football in Michigan, and that commitment that they've given us in our schools. Um, yeah, we're moving by a day, but our eight championship games are still indoors, still going to be at Ford Field, and that's because of uh, how well. Um, the Lions and Ford Field have treated us going all the way back to 2004. Yeah, I think my first reaction was, why break the tradition? Why not play the game at Spartan Stadium? And a lot of people have uh, their own opinions, and everybody has a right to an opinion. But I knew having you on the show today, Mark, we get an explanation, and your explanation uh, makes sense. It does. Well, for hearing, hearing that it's only one year and that it's not going to be an ongoing thing, uh, that kind of quiets down the venom that's out there right now. A hundred percent. And that, that was, to me, that was the biggest factor um, why uh, why we found a way here. If this was going to be a recurring every other year problem and issue, um, there would have been a lot more heartburn. But with the expanded playoff, I, I'm really excited, Bill, because certainly um, you go back when I first started on staff and Thanksgiving weekend, the Big Ten season ended the weekend before our final. So my first eight or nine years on staff, we were the only game in town Thanksgiving weekend. There was no no college conflicts other than a, an occasional conference championship game. Well, when the Big Ten schedule moved back a week, when they added that extra bye weekend, um, it hurts our crowds right now on Thanksgiving weekend to where our Division One final goes up head-to-head against Michigan-Ohio State on Saturday every year. Um, that hurts us. That hurts attendance. It hurts interest. And so fast forward two years from now, where the only competition for us, again, will be that conference championship weekend where we're no longer going up against Michigan-Ohio State every year. That's exciting. I think that's going to be good for high school football in our state. And because um, this was a, a one-year problem that uh, our friends at Michigan State brought us, um, I'm glad we were able to find a way around it. Yeah, I do. I, I think I'm settling down when I hear it was a one-year thing. And the Friday night game with NBC with Peacock and really inside Ford Field, uh, for them to give you some video board messaging if they do that, promoting the high school championships that weekend also could be good for your attendance. It could, and, and we're absolutely going to piggyback on that. You know, it, it's really, you want to talk about a, uh, for the, the football fanatic, um, spend that Thanksgiving weekend in Detroit to where you can see Lions Packers on Thursday, Penn State, Michigan State on Friday, and then eight great high school games on Saturday, Sunday. Um, you know, you want to talk about a really special football weekend in our state, and we're glad uh, to be 50% of that. Um, we think it's going to be exciting. And, yeah, Sunday will certainly be different and unique, but I think it'll give us um, some opportunities to tweak our schedule a little bit and, again, to piggyback off uh, what's going on there for uh, Thursday and Friday to maybe even generate uh, more interest and attention. You know, Mark, when you get an explanation of everything, it really calms down the masses. That's cool. I, 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 I listened to what you said the last 15 minutes, and I can understand that you really fought, to, not fought, but you held, held your ground that this would only be a one-time thing with Ford Field, I assume, right? It is, and, and the reason that is clandestine is, again, the entire college football calendar two years from now, it is moving earlier. So, uh, you know, colleges will start now the weekend. Uh, no more week zero. That uh, Our current week zero will be when most colleges open up. 
the regular season finishes the weekend before Thanksgiving. The conference championships will be on Thanksgiving weekend so they can get in, um, you know, that expanded playoff. No, because of the, the change of the, the college football calendar, this will be good for high school football long term. And um, in uh, the interim, uh, kind of this one year curveball. And uh, we were glad to, like I said, to really help out two of our very best partners. So Michigan State, did the Big Ten or Michigan State approach you first? It was all Michigan State. So uh, I know the conference was involved in conversations, um, but Michigan State is where our relationships have been. Paul Shager, who's one of the associate uh, 80s at Michigan State, who I've known for a long, long time. Um, You know, it was conversations between Paul and I at Michigan State, uh, because ultimately it's their home game. They're the ones that are moving their home game. And then we looped in uh, Brad Michaels, who's our contact at Ford Field, um, but no, this was really driven by Michigan State, and um, we think that uh, you know, with us moving days and some of just the arena setup issues and challenges and hurdles and how we're going to work together on some of those things, uh, we'll think we'll be in really good shape. Did MSU ever say why they wanted to move it? Was it just they didn't want to play a Friday night game in cold weather end of November? Yeah, so they actually, this scenario got discussed um, – I want to say it was just before COVID, so we're talking like four or five years ago, to where when the Big Ten schedule got tweaked, you know, Michigan State and Penn State was a somewhat traditional closer. Then they went away from that for a few years, so Michigan State was then hosting Maryland and Rutgers to finish the regular season. Well, Thanksgiving weekend, outdoors, Maryland coming to town or Rutgers coming to town, no disrespect to either of those institutions. You know, Michigan State struggled with with attendance at home. And so they even floated out the idea of, you know, hey, if we would take our games to Ford Field, would there be any flexibility? And then, of course, you know, COVID hit and those conversations kind of started. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, a a Michigan State game on Saturday would have really made things difficult for us having to split our days going Friday and Sunday. So at least with uh, the Big Ten putting that game on Friday, we still get our back-to-back dates to where our staff, officials, you know, all of the moving parts that are required to pull off eight games in two days down in Detroit. Um, we were still able to preserve that, um, which was really important. But um, like I said, the, where I'm able to sleep soundly at night is um, the college football calendar is shifting a week earlier, which, again, uh, I'm looking forward to 25 where Thanksgiving weekend uh, our high schools will, again, kind of return to be the only game in town on uh, Friday and Saturday. Mark, appreciate the update. Enjoy uh, your time out there at the Big Ten Baseball Tournament in Omaha. Will do. Thanks, Bill. I really love the way Mark Yule just addresses every situation with total transparency. It calms, as I said earlier, the masses, but it makes you step back for a minute and take a deep breath. And Yule, that's been his signature conversation with me through the pandemic, through adding sports, not adding sports, through issues that have come up on hoops and in-state or out-of-state. He did it again, right there on the move. Total transparency on how Michigan State, Penn State, took that Friday from the Michigan High School Athletic Association for football championships. But Mark really stressed his relationship with Michigan State and Ford Field is why he stepped aside for one time only to allow the Spartans and the Nittany Lions to play in the Motor City 
on Black Friday. I'll take your thoughts on Mark Ewell's conversation about Michigan State switching from Spartan Stadium to Ford Field. You can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Child abuse prevention can be as simple as one, two, three. One, learn about the signs of child abuse, such as destructive behavior or fear of going home. Two, always be a safe adult, someone who makes kids feel happy and safe. Three, check in often on the kids you know. Join the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police and provide kids with the safety and love they need to thrive. It's simple. In fact, it's as simple as one, two, three. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. We play for the thrill. That rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older in Michigan to play. Hey, this is Matt Shepard from the Michigan Sports Network. I love summers in Michigan because it means golf season. Now, two things always when I go golfing. I make sure I got my sticks, and I've got plenty of cold, fresh Labatt Blue Light. Whether I've just squeezed in 18 holes or I just want to relax on the patio after a long day, everywhere I go, and I'm serious when I tell you this, I tell people about the smooth, genuine taste of Labatt Blue Light. It's just a great beer. Michigan Sports Network is giving you a chance to win a foursome to Michigan's best courses. Just listen weekdays to the huge show and x's and bros or just text golf to 21,000 to enter that's golf to 21,000 the trip includes two overnight stays and two rounds of golf all brought to you by my friends at labat blue light so grab a labat blue light the next time you head out onto the course and enjoy the blue skies because blue is for michigan summers and great times always enjoy responsibly copyright 2023 labat usa buffalo new york all rights reserved labat is a registered u.s trademark of labat brewing company ltd drive for a cause at mini on the mac on august 4th and 5th hundreds of mini cooper owners will come together to experience a unique trip across the world famous mackinac bridge mini on the mac also raises vital funds for biomedical research at van andel institute in grand rapids not only will you have a great time but you'll also be supporting a great cause register now at mini on the mac.com to be a part of this one-of-a-kind event that's mini on the mac.com Register today. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back live across Michigan Thursday broadcast with Superfly Hayes as our executive producer. Conversation with Scoop Jackson coming up. ESPNChicago.com NBA Insider. We'll talk about Celtics Heat. 
and the Nuggets winning the West and awaiting that winner. I know the media is trying to spin that the Celtics now, because they got a W, are set to win three more in a row and get to the finals. I, I think that's just wishful thinking. I believe Miami will take care of business. We'll talk to Scoop Jackson about that. Also, Graham Couch from the Lansing State Journal, opinion maker. His thoughts on Michigan State and why they made the switch and took away a home game for a team that needs to get to a bowl game. I believe this upcoming season for Mel Tucker, if you want to calm down the faithful who are screaming about your nine and a half million per year, why take away a home game? That is, I, that again, you heard Mark Ewell earlier. The high school thing is water under the bridge. It's why would Michigan State take away a game where you have a better chance of winning in bad weather? If there is bad weather, there's no guarantee every Thanksgiving weekend. Why wouldn't you want that game at home? Well, what if you're sitting at, so hypothetically speaking, what if you're sitting at five and six and that game would have been at Spartan Stadium and it's going to be a night game and 20 degrees at kickoff? Michigan State would have a better chance winning that than where it's going to be 70 degrees indoors at Ford Field. That's initially it was about all they're making the high school kids move, and Mark explained all of that, right, the one-year thing. But I'm Michigan State. This is a pretty darn important year. So a side of me says maybe it's not as important of a year for Mel Tucker with his $95 million deal as the media and some of you MSU fans think. Maybe it's not as important as all of us think. That you're looking at it in a different light than those inside Michigan State athletics. Because again, why would you take away a game where you have a better chance at winning at home than at Ford Field? Or the flip side of it is, do you look at your season, you look at your roster, you look at losing Peyton Thorne and Keon Coleman, you know it's going to be a tough year, and you're just taking an end-of-the-year payday and promotional event in Detroit. It's our Bushlight huge question of the day for the Michigan State fan who buys tickets. Was that the right move to move it from Spartan Stadium to Black Friday night in Detroit at Ford Field? You tell me one 866 that's one eight six six eight three eight huge. That's on the Mercantile Bank listener line. They're a local bank with locations all across Michigan, local decision makers, and a bank you can trust and depend on, and that's more important than ever before. And thank you to our friends from Mercantile Bank. I don't think that's been discussed enough. And I mentioned the game seven thirty AM our affiliate Lansing had a great story, an opinion piece that I shared at Huge Show on Twitter. The Huge Show on Facebook. I, I, don't, I don't understand it. But maybe if Mel Tucker is 4-8, and eight, hey, he's got another year. He, they lost Thorne. They lost Coleman. We got excuses. He's got a great recruiting class coming in. He's got to get that you know, five years to make it right. So answer that Bush Light uh, huge question of the day when 866 866- Eight three eight four eight four three. Also, if you want to win some golf at three incredible resorts, Tullymore Golf Resort in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, 
less than an hour north of GR, Agaming between Elk Rapids and Charlevoix and Dumaglass between Boyne City and Charlevoix. Two nights stay, 36 holes of golf, you and three guests. You have to be 21 and up. All you have to do is text GOLF, G-O-L-F, to 21000. There'll be monthly drawings starting in June. Three drawings. You only have to enter once, and you'll be in all three drawings to win stay-and-play packages at the Tullymore Golf Resort, Agaming, and Dumaglass. So if you're 21 and up, text GOLF, G-O-L-F, to 21000. And if you're just joining us and you missed my conversation with MHSAA Executive Director Mark Ewell or any of our huge opinions, interviews, hours, and full shows, our podcasts are free and we are everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts and you can catch up and listen on your schedule. Just search The Huge Show, Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. And always remember, our podcasts are free. Big. Bad. Huge. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Thursdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by Tom Rosenbach and his team at Bean Carter. They're one of America's top accounting and business firms. They're based in West Michigan, but service the entire state and coast to coast. You can find out more at BeanCarter.com. They can help your business now. That's BeanCarter.com. Thursdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are presented by Bean Carter. We are back live across Michigan, the only show where the people have a voice. We're all about huge opinions. Big name guest, Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Scoop Jackson, ESPN, Chicago.com, NBA insider on Boston, Miami, Nuggets winning the West, future of LeBron. We'll hear from Scoop Graham Couch from the Lansing State Journal, opinion maker. Was it the right move for Michigan State to move? The Penn State game to Ford Field. Graham here in about 20 minutes. Baseball conversation later with John Vanderwall, former major leaguer. Zach Short, who had that three-run dinger last night. And Steve Brocklebank, the Ferris State Athletic Director, one of the leaders in Big Rapids at Ferris. Our moving Ferris forward interview will feature Brocklebank talking about this new Football Alliance Commission that Dr. Pink from Ferris and Brocklebank, the AD, are on looking at D2 football in its future. You can also join in on our Bushlight Huge Question of the Day. Do you think it was the right move for Michigan State to move that game from East Lansing to Ford Field on Black Friday? You tell me, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. That is on the Mercantile Bank listener line. 1-866-838-4843. Jake in Grand Rapids listening on 96.1 The Game. You're on The HUGE Show. Jake, 
Yeah, I was just chiming in uh, with the huge opinion show. I mean, I uh, I don't agree with it one bit. I think you're losing a huge, huge home game. No pun intended, but I think it's a big game to lose. I think, you know, like you said, if it's 20 degrees, nighttime, you get the crowd into it, you get the student section into it, you're going to lose that whole atmosphere. And I just don't think that's going to vary, or that's not going to vary out very well for the Spartans. I don't well, like it one bit. Well, they have the sixth toughest schedule in college football this year, and Jake, thanks for the call from 96 won the game in GR. And they have to be in a bowl game, or I, I think there'll be massive pressure internally, externally, and internally from the money people to remove Mel Tucker. But you're getting a payday from Ford Field by moving it. NBC Peacock, they didn't care if the game's at Ford Field or at Spartan Stadium. This is Michigan State allowing uh, the move, and I think Penn State's going to have half that building. So you can answer our Bushlight huge question of the day. Was it the right move for Michigan State? one 838 is on the Mercantile Bank listener line. We'll talk about the NBA playoffs. Scoop Jackson, ESPN, Chicago.com, one of the great NBA insiders. He is standing by on the Meyer LPGA Classic for Simply Give. Guest line, how you doing, my man? I'm good, my man. How you doing? Good. Uh, boy, you would think, uh, Boston, did they get three victories for one because they win one game and all of a sudden people are saying, I think this is going to go seven. Yeah, this is really funny, man, how, you know, people like jump from one bandwagon to the next. There, there, there is they're as extreme as the games. <laughs> like you know, it, it seems like in the media and public discussion is just as extreme as the um, end of one spectrum that these teams can present themselves to be in some of these games. So, I, you know, I, I, I look at it this way, man. It, Bam at a bio had a bad game. To me, that's what it boils down to because I'm throwing game three out as an outlier. You know what I'm saying? I think he, I think Boston just kind of just – was in shell shocked, and Bam didn't have a good game, but by Miami still won. But to me, it boils down to as Bam goes, you know, so do the Heat. You know, Jimmy can do whatever, but if Bam has a bad game, they're going to lose. And if you look at game, look at games one and two, look what Bam did, and look at game four, and look what Bam did. And to me, it's really that simple. So if people are thinking that, you know, Miami's going to, like, type, take it to seven, you know, they're going to win tonight or they're going to win whatever. It's like, all right, then you're saying Bam out of bio, in my mind, is going to have a bad series the rest of the way. <laughs> it is really what it boils down to as far as I'm concerned. So what do you think is going to happen? Uh, is this series over? Uh, will it will it be pushed to the seventh game, as some are saying? Uh, your thoughts on so. Miami-Boston? I don't, I don't think so. I, I really do think that uh, Miami's going to take care of it. I think they're going to look at the situation, um, and they're going to look at last year. They're going to look at the current situation and say, look, we can't give Denver that much more rest on us going into the finals, so let's take care of business. Uh, we really haven't had too many bad games. We probably have – Denver's only team that's probably had less bad games throughout this whole playoff run than we have, and we really haven't had any bad, bad games. So that's like not getting the habit of doing that. you know. And to be honest with you, um, Boston has shown us, and they did this last year, they have a tendency to either be heaven or all hell. So their inconsistency in their play is not anything new to us if you look at them over the last couple of years. So I don't expect Boston to go on this historic run 
and play phenomenal basketball for three more games. I really just don't see it. And, um, you know, Miami as a team, and I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying I know them like that, but I really can see them going back into their locker room, into practices, and saying, all right, let's stop messing around. We cannot make this two years in a row that this particular team stopped us from reaching our goal. And, you know, there's too many things siding, including that, that play into me really not believing Boston has a chance of coming back in this series. Man, Butler's been amazing. He's really elevated his status uh, with the sports fan base. Beyond Miami, I'm talking across the NBA and the sports world. Yeah, uh, Spolstra yeah, yeah. has really looked like a good leader, like almost a, I, I'm not going to say a, a mini Cooper, but a mini Riley. And, you know, they, exactly. they, they play like a college team. And Boston, you know, they, they were struggling in that first half and they were playing for their lives and they got chemistry issues and everything pretty much is out in the open. Hey, Bill. Yeah. Can I ask you a question real quick? Yeah, go ahead. How do you as a coach, because you mentioned Spolster, I wanted to ask you this. How do you as a coach plan and strategize defensively against Miami when it seems like every game somebody else steps up? You know what I'm saying? How do you strategize? All right, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna stop, you know, we're going to stop Kyle Lowry this game. Oh, no. You know, there goes Gabe. You know, oh, we got we got to stop, you know. Every every game, it seems to be somebody different that has big games. Martin has been consistently good throughout the series. Gabe has been good. Struess has been good. You know, Kyle Lowry shows up. It's like, how do you strategize from a from you know a coaching standpoint when you don't know who you have to stop from game to game? I you know again Spolstra and, and different guys and their depth and the lose hero and be where they are right now. It, it's amazing, up 3-1, how there's this negative vibe on them being able to close out. So the Celtics, all their all their culture, locker room, uh, the coach, uh, the previous coach issues, all that went away because they won one game. Yeah, and I just like I, said, I don't know how you strategize for that. And I didn't even mention Duncan Robinson coming in and playing good ball. So and I'll say this, and this probably goes against what everybody's saying uh, right now because they're putting a lot of, I don't want to say blame, but a lot of what's happening in Boston right now, they're putting it on Missoula. This is what I really do believe, especially watching Miami. I really do believe if Ebay Adoka was there right now, we'd be. I'm not saying we'll be watching the same thing, but I think the outcome would be the same. Not that they would get swept, but I don't know coming back after beating them the year before that the a vengeance that it seems that Miami is playing with would have, you know, would have been something that even if Ime Adoka was there, Boston could have overcome. I don't think it's just as simple as just a coaching situation or a locker room situation. I do really believe that at some part, at some point, part of this is about Miami telling Boston that y'all got lucky last year. We were supposed to be in the finals last year. This isn't y'all run to make. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, buddy. I'm with you. I, I'm already planning on Miami-Denver. I I scheduled you thinking we talk about, you know, Denver and Miami in the NBA Finals, and then we'll get to LeBron yeah. in a little bit. But, all right, so let's just go with uh, the hypothetical, which I don't think it's too hypothetical. Miami okay. holds on. They win this series in five. They win it in six, whatever it is. Uh, the matchup, Nuggets, 
heat. If it gets there, uh, an amazing story with the heat if they do make it to the NBA Finals. And the Nuggets are looking like a deep championship caliber team. I'll, I'll, I'll do this, and maybe I'm ignorant by falling on, on this sword that I'm about to jump on. But if given when that happens, I'll say it there, when that happens, I think I'm going to have to put my faith and my words uh, on Miami. And the only reason I'm doing this is because they've been to the conference finals. I mean, they've been to the finals before. You know, this is this, you know, other another run at a conference final. And I, I, I just can't believe with this is Denver's first time, even though they had injuries that have stopped them from getting there. This being their first time, I don't know if that's going to be strong enough for Miami saying, you know what, like, no, we're supposed to be here. We, we're old. We've owed ourselves a ring. Um, yeah, this is ours to get. Denver's a great team, but this is y'all first time here. You know, in Miami's mind, as long as Jimmy Butler's been there, they're supposed to have already had a ring. So I think that incentive that will play itself out psychologically and, and, you know, from a hunger standpoint and the desire standpoint that they feel that this is there. You know, Denver, hey, this is your first taste of this final thing. We've been here. We're supposed to be there last year. You know, when that, you know, third time, third time is not going to be a charm for you. And I think that incentive is going to be strong enough. And that's why I picked Miami in this year. Yeah, I, I, Jimmy Butler, man, that dude. You know, I, I, again, he's not on you know Jordan, LeBron, Duncan. He's not on that level. But in terms of toughness, will to win, uh, the mental side of it, I'd put him up there with anybody I've ever seen in the NBA. I'm serious. Yeah, is saying his thing? What he needs for his legacy more than you know Jokovic right now. You know, uh, more than Murray, more than Michael Porter, more than Michael Malone. You know, and Eric Foster's legacy as well, but definitely Jimmy Butler because you bought him up. What he needs for his legacy is a ring. Because that, you know, I, th- I think he's Hall of Fame already, but now you're talking about him in that breath of greatness. Not for what he's done during the regular season, but what will consistently and decide to look at his the playoff runs as he's allowed some of these teams to make. And once he gets that ring, that changes everything. And he knows and he understands that his legacy is on the line once he gets to this finals. And he can't have, you know, uh, a, another finals loss and be talked about the way we'll find, wind up talking about him over the next 20 years. All right, LeBron James, uh, when that series ended, people were like, oh, he's an old man. I'm thinking he almost had a triple-double and had 40. Forget that conversation. He's not done. That's more on Anthony Davis not showing up in the sweep. And if you look at this series or looked at that series – Past tense, you know, Lakers had a chance to win every game, at least three of the four. So I don't think it's the end of the Lakers or end of the LeBron era. Where are you at on that? I'm with you also. I think this is a story that got, you know, blown way, way out of proportion. One, because it was a sweep, you know, and two, because of the glaring holes that were in the Lakers that made it easy for people to jump to the conclusions that they seem to be jumping to. Um, I you know I, I don't think it's so for LeBron. I think we're reading it to a dare. I don't want to say weird because we, you and I haven't gone down that rabbit hole. Um, but I, I, I don't think that um, LeBron said anything in a press conference that is as calculated as people made it or as deep as people made it. You know, it was interesting to me, man, that all throughout that Lakers series, every announcer and every 
expert, as they like to call themselves, talked about LeBron possibly having to have surgery on that foot. They always say, LeBron, you know, offseason, that, that foot is bad or that ankle is bad. It's probably going to require surgery. I heard everybody bring that up in discussion. But nobody brought it up after his press conference, as if that could be the first thing on his mind. Like, he doesn't even know if he has to have surgery. So that plays into why he gave you such an open answer about he doesn't know. He doesn't know what the surgery's going to be. He's 38 years old, and to have surgery in the offseason, there's no guarantee what your, how your body's going to respond, what you're going to feel like, you know. So for them jumping to the, oh, he might, he's contemplating retirement, was way out of bounds. But it became the narrative that became the topic that we all had to run with. So I'm kind of with you. I, I, I don't think this is the end of LeBron for various reasons, and I don't want to read too much into something that's not necessarily there, knowing there's extenuating circumstances that even he has to think about that's dealing with health that nobody seems to bring up in the conversation. And I also think he understands that, you know, something has to change with the workload. You know, it's going to be interesting to see what the Lakers do. I do believe that the D'Angelo Russell experiment in the beginning worked, but, you know, uh, what are they going to do to change that? I don't think if they don't do anything, that's going to stop him from not coming back. But I think that's something he knows that he'll have to play out and they'll have to play out as an organization, at least before the trading deadline of next year. And if he's healthy enough to play during that time, I think he'll play. But I do think he's going to take a back seat as far as the workload is concerned. I can tell you this right now that if LeBron comes back and doesn't have to have surgery, and he's like, all right, you know, this is going to be our new approach with this new team, and we're going to do this right way. And they start off 2-12, and 12, I can tell you he might think about retiring before he does again because I don't think he's going to have the wherewithal to be the one to have to dig them out of that hole again like he did last year or last season. His name is Scoop Jackson, ESPNChicago.com. He knows everything about the NBA. He's like reading NBA poetry on air right now on the huge show. Uh, so when you look at the best player in the league, and again, that debate and Embiid, Jokic, we've had that. Uh, for the last month or so, and I talked about Butler's elevation during the playoffs. Who is the man? Who is the most complete player, Scoop? If it was the Scoop MVP in the NBA, who would that be? Okay, now, this is a question. Are you talking about including playoffs, um, and are you talking about for just a particular season? Because I think the answer changes from season to season, and I think... You know, we can't, yeah, I, you know, I, I can't, like, take away the, an MVP vote from Joel and B because I do think he had the best regular season of the people that were there. But that doesn't necessarily mean right now he's the best player. So, you know, MVP or the, you know, and so I'm trying to wonder what question are you asking? Like, is it a question going into next season, if I had to start a team, who do I feel the best pound-for-pound player is going into next season? You know, at the beginning of the regular season? I'm trying because to me, there are various answers to just that open-ended question like that. Yeah, there is. it is an open-ended question because there, there may be, I mean, how many different answers could you slide into that blank? Right. All right. Exactly. Uh, ten, exactly. maybe nine, ten. You yeah. could. But here's the thing: Are we taking? Are we considering playoffs? That's why I asked because, as looking at the playoff performance and how Joel Embiid, even though he had an MVP season, you know the way he played in closeout games when 
things were on the line, you know, I'm like, mm, no, nah, I don't know if I can depend on that. So that's not my MVP going in. You know, just when you think Jason Tatum is taking a turn to be in that top-tier power-for-power conversation because of what he does. Nope. He's played a couple of games to remind us that, nah, we can't have him in the conversation because he, he's too inconsistent. Now, you know, Giannis has it out because he's been injured. You know what I'm saying? So uh, Giannis moves to the top because it's hard to hold injury against a person. You know, um, Joker is a beautiful ball player. I think he's great. We'll have to see what he does. You know, come finals time. What is he going to be like when something's on the line? We haven't seen him play in meaningful games like this. You know, especially against someone like Bam Adebayo, who is a really, really good defensive ball player and could expose some things and, and do some things and make the game difficult for, uh, you know, Joker when he plays. So we don't know that right now. Um, has Kevin Durant taken a step back? Because we really haven't seen that Kevin Durant since he lost to Milwaukee, he's kind of not been the same player. Even though he's been phenomenal, he hasn't been the same player. So, you know, we don't know, you know, what John Moran's situation is going to be stepping back into the league. Because if he's healthy, you know, and he seems to be able to play with all the drama going on around him, you know, it's hard not to consider him. What's Devin Booker going to look like? You know, we can go down the line, man. So I think we really need to be clear. Like you said, it's probably 10 to 12 players. But to pick one, I think we really, really need to, like, all right, what's the criteria on which we're picking this one with? Scoop Jackson, ESPN, Chicago.com, NBA Insider joining us. My man, uh, we'll talk when we get to the finals. Uh, Break it down. Always love talking hoops with you. Always, man. I appreciate it. All right, man. We'll talk soon. Scoop Jackson checking in on the Meyer LPGA Classic for Simply Give guest line. Now, speaking of the NBA, I do have a huge offer from my friends on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers who download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code HUGE can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Just open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place the same game parlay on any NBA game. If your bet loses, DraftKings will give you a bonus bet back in the amount of your initial bet up to $10. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code HUGE. New customers who do that then can make that $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's only on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and only when you sign up with Code Huge. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 and up in Michigan only. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Opt-in required. One bonus bet issued based on amount of initial losing NBA bet. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draft kings.com slash basketball terms on the way john vanderwall on the tigers zach short from the tigers and graham couch is up next on his huge opinion on michigan state moving that penn state game to ford field graham will join us from lansing after this network to from st joseph to midland this show is huge 
They say consistency is the key to success. They weren't wrong. So how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth, consistently refreshing, and consistently light? You might just find that the road to success can be pretty enjoyable. Michelob Ultra, the perfect balance of taste and refreshment and only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive, boys and girls, high school sports, MHSAA.tv. That's MHSAA.tv. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. At Mercantile Bank, we believe in empowering the communities we serve and that financially strong individuals and families are vital for building strong communities. That's why we're committed to providing budgeting tools and interactive resources designed to help you take charge of your finances. Our friendly staff is always here to help answer questions and provide solutions to help you reach your goals. Call, stop in, or visit us online at MercBank.com to learn more. And let's help you make today count. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Drive for a cause at Mini on the Mac on August 4th and 5th. Hundreds of Mini Cooper owners will come together at the world-famous Mackinac Bridge. You can register now at MiniOnTheMac.com to be a part of this one-of-a-kind event. That's MiniOnTheMac.com. I'm Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball. I'm Hunter Moore, and football is my game. So we know a few things about sports. And the passion of Detroit fans. That's why we're big fans of Eagle Casino and Sports. It's the mobile sports book that lets you bet on action all year long. Right from your mobile device. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Download the app and start winning today. Must be 21 or older and in Michigan to play. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. Bush Light, huge question of the day. Do you agree? I want to hear from the Michigan State ticket buyers, season ticket holders, suite holders. Do you agree with the move of the Penn State game to Ford Field? You can answer that Bush Light, huge question of the day at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE on the Mercantile Bank listener line. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook. Let's go get his opinion. He does opinions for 11, Lansing State Journal, Couch in the Room podcast, Graham Couch 
From Lansing is standing by on the Meyer LPGA Classic for Simply Give Guest Line. How you doing, my man? I'm well. How about yourself, Bill? I'm, I'm, I'm good. Uh, there's been kind of two sides to this MSU move of the Penn State game to Ford Field. At first, I'm like, oh, man, they're... They're, this isn't fair to the high school kids. And then Mark Ewell came on our show and explained everything, and I kind of understood it. And then when I sit back and I start to digest it, you know, 24 hours later or so, and I'm thinking, you're a program that is looking for the bounce-back season. And a home game could be a win. Penn State is a you know top 15 team going into the year. If they get a good quarterback play, who knows? They could win the Big Ten East and go right past Ohio State and Michigan but to take away your home field advantage uh, for nicer weather because it's indoors, uh, there's a side to me where, okay, are they doing that because they know it's going to be a bad season? Are they doing it for uh, the money cut on concessions or Ford Field deals? Uh, how do you look at this entire situation? Yeah, I mean, I think they're doing it because they were asked to do it by the Big Ten and by NBC and they're they're trying to be you know a decent um, partner in that and and um, they see that some opportunity and it's not the worst if you're going to ever do it with a conference home game uh, Thanksgiving weekend is the weekend to do it right and and once you get to the Friday situation which was which was the ask then it's like okay a Friday prime time night game in November on Thanksgiving weekend then does it make sense to do something different and see how that works? I, you know, I, I, it's not ideal. I mean, you only get seven of these a year, and people love that Michigan State game day experience, and there have been some great finales, especially against Penn State, some really memorable games, even just two years ago, but also dating back a lot of years into the 90s and, and just some really great memories that people have about those games and those experiences with their friends on their campus and all that stuff. And so I understand that frustration, and, and I think a lot of the people. And then you also see people are like, "I am grateful not to freeze my butt off um, for three hours one year, and and, and to, to be indoors, and it'll be a different experience." I think, you know, one, one of the things I wrote, and one of the fans I talked to was annoyed, was upset, thought it was a slap in the face to season ticket holders, and then said, "But I'll go and I'll have a blast." And I think that's sort of the sentiment. You know, I think once people get over the frustration, once they're um, they're accepting it, and they get to the logistics of it. Uh, I, I do think, you know, and I and I do think most season ticket holders who want to go are going to be able to go. And um, so, you know, I mean, I, look, I I don't think it's ideal. Um, it, it, they're in a spot where they're asked to do it, and and they decided to do it. I don't think it's a great benefit to Michigan State, other than you know, it's a new TV deal with NBC, and you do something that you're asked to do that puts you in the good graces and you hope that at some point that comes back to you in a good way or even that the next time or the time that you really want to say no it's received even better when you when you do say no and the reality is yeah i get you have purchase season tickets your sweet holder it might transfer over however they're going to do it okay but you're looking at a team that just lost arguably their two best offensive players uh to auburn and florida state and Thorne and Coleman, uh, a team that, you know, you and I were talking seven and five and going to a bowl game would be a great season. Uh, and now, you know, he took away a home game. I, it's a very delicate walk right now for anything connected to Michigan State football. It really is. 
No, absolutely, because I also don't think you'd want to do this if you thought you were probably playing for a championship this year. You know, you don't want to take that game away from Spartan Stadium. So, but you can't. You also can't say that out loud. Um, I think it's also something that Mel Tucker wanted. That I think a lot of the players wanted and will enjoy the indoor game and the NFL thing. So, you, there's the athlete perspective of it. That from the player perspective, from the recruiting perspective, they saw value in it. Um, and so th- th- there's that to, to, to consider as well. But you're right, because uh, the, the disaster for Michigan State is if they're 5-6 and six coming into this game and Penn State is 11-1 and one playing or 10-1 and one playing for a share of the Big Ten championship or for you know a, a birth in the game or whatever or for the, in the championship game and that place becomes, you know, Pennsylvania West, and there's 30,000 Penn State fans in there, and it's sort of this embarrassing moment. Now, it's not like a bowl game. You do have more control of the tickets than that, and, you know, so it may not ever get to that point. But um, there is, you know, you, you do give up something in terms of advantage uh, by having it um, not at, at, at Spartan Stadium. Graham Couch, Lansing State Journal, Couch in the Root Podcast, wherever you download podcasts. Uh, Graham, my man, always good to talk with you. Uh, before I let you go, though, what, what do you think this team will be like? Just a forecast Black Friday, uh, day after Thanksgiving, uh, this fall. Uh, Michigan State going into that Penn State game will have how many wins? It's rip, boy. I, it's, I, I would say five. You know, but that's again not knowing what other teams will be. Uh, but the schedule is tough, especially the back half. And for Michigan State to be uh, a better than a five-win team, they're going to have to be probably better than than we expect, or some other teams are going to have to be less than we expect, which always happens. We don't, but I, I do think, uh, and, and there's a chance always that this is the natural growth. You know that we don't. You know we didn't see 2021 coming. And they could have a lot of improvement in a lot of different places. They could be better in the trenches. They could be more solid on defense. They could be okay at quarterback. They've got a number of receivers, even losing Keon Coleman. They should be fine at that position, um, even if they don't have that, that guy, so to speak. And all of a sudden, you know, we're talking about a team that was just a little more seasoned and ready than, than we realized. Um, but, you know, if, when you just sort of look at it from afar based on the information at hand, I think we're looking at a five-win team going into that game. Yeah, and again, that goes back to what I just said. It's interesting you said five wins. I said there'll be five and six going into that game, and if it would have been at home and it's 18 degrees and cold, a better chance at winning than indoors where you kind of uh, equal the playing field. But it is what it is. They signed the deal. It will be Friday night, NBC Peacock uh, at Ford Field, day after Thanksgiving. High schools uh, have only a one-year aberration, and they'll play – uh, those four championship games that would have taken place on Friday will be on Sunday. So Mark Ewell, MHSA, seems content with it. Everyone, Michigan State side, Ford Field, happy about it. We'll see how it plays out. Graham, thank you so much, my man. Anytime, Bill. Take care. All right, Graham Coach checking in on the huge show. Our Bush Light, huge question of the day that you can answer. Do you agree with the move from East Lansing to Ford Field for Michigan State, Penn State? 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. That is on the Mercantile Bank listener line. 
Mercantile Bank with locations all across Michigan. Local bank, local team members. They have their new location in Saginaw. If you're listening on 100.9 FM. So local decision maker means a banker and a bank and a team you can trust. And that's more important than ever before. To the callers online, stick around. Michigan will hear you next. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Shop everything you need for Memorial Day with One Stop at Meyer. Get buy one, get one free 80% lean ground beef. Buy five, save $5 on At Millie Stadium Buns, Coca-Cola or Pepsi 24 pack, plus deposit where applicable. Sweet Baby Ray sauce and lace potato chips. Plus, have fun in the sun with 40% off the entire stock of swimwear for the family. Celebrate together and get the same prices online and in-store this week at Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. Bill Simonson here for Roast Umber Coffee. It's a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And their nitro cold brew coffee is a convenient and healthy option with no sugar or additives. So if you want a great coffee or energy drink to power you through your morning and your day, it's available in ground or whole bean or in cans. More information on the website and direct delivery to your door at RoastUmber.com. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. Take on the open road for Harley-Davidson's 120th anniversary. Saturdays in May, win a 2023 street flight. On May 27th, you can drive home a limited edition fat boy. It's the 120th anniversary Harley-Davidson giveaway. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. Hey, this is Matt Shepard from the Michigan Sports Network. I love summers in Michigan because it means golf season. Now, two things always when I go golfing. I make sure I got my sticks and I've got plenty of cold, fresh Labatt Blue Light. Whether I've just squeezed in 18 holes or I just want to relax on the patio after a long day, everywhere I go, and I'm serious when I tell you this, I tell people about the smooth, genuine taste of Labatt Blue Light. It's just a great beer. Michigan Sports Network is giving you a chance to win a foursome to Michigan's best courses. Just listen weekdays to the huge show and X's and bros or just text golf to 21,000 to enter that's golf to 21,000 the trip includes two overnight stays and two rounds of golf all brought to you by my friends at Labatt Blue Light so grab a Labatt Blue Light the next time you head out onto the course and enjoy the blue skies because blue is for Michigan summers and great times always enjoy responsibly copyright 2023 Labatt USA Buffalo New York all rights reserved Labatt is a registered U.S. trademark of Labatt Brewing Company Company, LTD. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We 
are back live across Michigan. Final segment, hour number two on a Thursday broadcast. Presented by my good friend Tom Rosenbach and the team at Bean Garter. Soon they'll become Dorn Mayhew, a merger, partnership. They'll cover the entire state, America, and globally. Dorn Mayhew, a Troy base firm, Bean Garter, Tom Rosenbach and his team, they're not going to change anything with their clients or how they do business. They're just stronger together with Dorn Mayhew. Push light, huge question of the day. Do you agree with Michigan State moving that Penn State game to Ford Field? You can join in on 866-838-4843. That's what 866-838-HUGE. Add HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show. On Facebook, opt in on that HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21000. Also, text GOLF to 21000. If you're 21 and up, you could win a Labatt Blue Michigan Golf Getaway. Courtesy of Shep and the Michigan Sports Network, you could win two nights, stay, 36 holes of golf for you and three guests at the Tullymore Golf Resort in Canadian Lakes, Michigan. Less than an hour north of GR, the Agaming Golf Resort, which features four courses, Elk Rapids to Charlevoix in between. And Dumaglass, which I think is a hidden jewel. It's a tough course. Highest elevation point in Charlevoix County between Boyne City and Charlevoix. If you're 21 and up, just text GOLF, G-O-L-F, to 21000. There'll be monthly drawings during the summer. And once you enter one time, you're in all the drawings for Tullymore, Agaming, and Dumaglass. I don't get all this Celtics love because they won one game. Boston's a big city. NBA, the media, and Miami's a big city. It's a cooler city than any other NBA city. I remember back in the day when I was on South Beach going to the Clevelander and I was hanging out with Super Bowls. I go, hey, what's up, Bill? I'm like, what's up? MJ over here. Oh, I get in your private room, MJ? Really? Yeah, Mitch, Tiger, Tiger, get over here, man. You got to work on your putting. You're, you're pulling your head on your putts. Mm. I did see, Superfly, that NCAA EA Sports, a college football video game, is coming back. How am I not the play-by-play guy? How am I not the play-by-play guy for that? I was on NFL Blitz, what is that, 2001 and 2002, back in the day? How am I not the play-by-play guy, or at least the color commentator for college football? You got my play-by-play, and then you got the NFL Blitz. Oh, I can play this one right now, the NFL Blitz. This was me actually on a video game, NFL Blitz 2001-2002. 25! If he didn't get tackled, he might have had a big gain in that play. Another great insight. Thanks, Bill. Denver is in the red zone. With proper medication, I can lead an active life, whether at work, at home, or on the boat. You know, I just realized in that video game, I'm sounding like I'm in a sitcom. I sound like I'm in Seinfeld, don't I? But this is where I hit the big time, the Kurt Russell, Barry Sanders movie touchback that was filmed here on the west side of the state. I was 
the play-by-play voice of touchback. I was, really. This is it, folks. A victory here would be a fairy tale ending. We're in it, thing. We're in it. Scott Murphy. He's got one final play to make a miracle happen. He's gonna run it. Scott Murphy had to put his dreams behind him. Mr. Murphy, it's been 120 days since your last payment. Your property will be on the market in the next several days, unless you can pay a significant sum here today. How did it go with the bank? That went great. Until one day, he got a second chance. What are you doing, man? To do it all differently. What the hell? Come on, we're going to be late. Late for what? Hi, Scotty. You're grounded, Buster. Grounded? Let's go, let's go. Get in there and play some football. Hey, you okay? This spring, you a chance to do it all over again. What would you do? If you can't be satisfied with what you got, then you're never going to be happy. Would you give up everything? Daddy! Daddy! All I've ever wanted to do is play football. For a second chance. If I don't get hurt, I'm going to change things. And get us out of here. I love it here. You tried your dream. All I'm asking is for you to try my dream. Coach, I can't play tonight. If I get injured, I could lose my scholarship. I have a future. The future is just a bunch of what you do right now strung together. What are you doing, man? Standard of your life will not be determined by how well you play football. Touchdown! But by how well you confront adversity. Wins football games. When I was your age, couldn't wait to leave this town. And when I finally did get out, I couldn't run back here fast enough. Yeah, there you go. The movie Touchback, man. Had a chance at the big time. Just didn't happen. 24-7, everything you need at thehugeshow.net. Big. Bad. Huge. following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Thursdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by Tom Rosenbach and his team at Bean Carter. They're one of America's top accounting and business firms. They're based in West Michigan, but service the entire state and coast to coast. You can find out more at BeanGarter.com. They can help your business now. That's BeanGarter.com. Thursdays on the Huge Show Across Michigan are presented by Bean Garter. What's up, Michigan? It is our number three on this Thursday broadcast on the only syndicated statewide afternoon sports radio show. 19 stations strong for the one close to you. Go to thehugeshow.net. We'll talk some baseball this hour. John Vanderwall, former major leaguer. Also, we'll hear from Zach Short. My conversation with him, I thought, you know what? He had that big homer last night. Let's roll out Zach. So you'll hear from Mr. Short, a member of your Detroit Tigers who are playing some decent baseball right now. Zach coming up and also our Moving Ferris Forward weekly conversation with the leaders in Big Rapids, Michigan. 
Steve Brocklebank is the AD, and he's going to tell us about this D2 Football Alliance committee that Dr. Pink and Steve are on to help give recommendations on making D2 football and all sports better. It's interesting conversation. We'll have that coming up at the end of the hour. If you want to join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line, it's open at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Mercantile Bank with locations all across Michigan. They're celebrating their newest one in the Saginaw area for our listeners on 100.9 FM. A local bank, local decision makers, and a bank you can trust and depend on. And that's big in today's world. Mercantile Bank, thank you for the partnership. Good people. They care about the customers. They care about the employees. I love a Mercantile Bank. Join us on the listener line, 1-866-838-4843. So I mentioned that. I thought, you know what? Our conversation with Zach Short would be pretty darn cool right now considering what he did last night in Kansas City. Let's go down to the Motor City, Comerica Park, and the Tigers playing some good baseball. They're in the... AL Central Hunt right now, and Zach Short has one of the better averages on the Tigers, hitting 313 going into tonight out of Kingston, New York. Played at that mighty baseball powerhouse, Sacred Heart, along the East Coast. He joins us here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Welcome in, Zach. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, what's it like that journey uh, when you sign professionally and you begin? What is that? Field of Dreams, the MLB stop with the big parent club. What was that like for Zach Short when it all began? Uh, it was it was a lot of emotions. It was definitely surreal, um, but also at the same time, you know, it's somewhere where you always dream about being, right? So I want to enjoy every moment that you're here. And it's almost like it's it's a race to feel comfortable. And, you know, some people it takes a lot longer. Some people you know, feel comfortable right away. And I was kind of in the middle of that for, for a year or so. And now, you know, this is being my, you know, part of my third year. Um, I don't want to say it's getting easier, but, you know, I'm feeling more at home here. You know, the guys in the clubhouse are, you know, it's been such a great vibe. Time you get your name called and you're, you're, you know, you're in the big leagues. It's, you never want to go back to anywhere else, but the big leagues. When did you realize you could, uh, be a big leaguer at what point in the minor leagues or maybe when you're playing college ball at Sacred Heart or even going back to high school baseball in Kingston, New York. What was that game moment season where you said, you know what, I think I can be a big leaguer one day? Honestly, you know, I don't know if I had a specific moment where I was like, hey, you know, I'm I'm ready to do this or I'm going to do this. It's just something that I've always had, you know, training you know whether whatever I'm doing whatever I'm thinking about it's always that's the end goal and you know I've had I had some success my freshman year of college and that was kind of where I was starting to get noticed a little bit from from major league scouts because you know I was 145 pounds soaking wet going into freshman year of college and not many scouts were saying hey we need to draft this guy he can grow into his body you know Um, but I had some success my freshman year and that was when it all really started, you know, playing against better competition. We uh, we opened up my freshman year at Tulane. Um, I had a really good, really good weekend there, and it was just like, you know, these guys are they they put on their clothes just as we do, you know, put on their cleats just as we do, and they just might have, you know, a bigger frame than you do. But at the end of the day, they still have to try to get you out. And I think since that 
that time period, it, that's kind of what's been on my mind for sure. Zach Short from the Tigers joining us here on the huge show across Michigan. What, what's the toughest thing about making that jump from college to minor league ball and then the jump from the minor leagues to the big leagues? If you wanted to express to any baseball fan listening, uh, let's begin. What's the biggest thing jumping from high school to college and then to the bigs? High school to college, you're, you're finally playing some grown men. You know, I'll never forget my first batting practice that we had when I was shagging, playing shortstop, and these guys were hitting ground balls at me. And I was like, you know, this is a little bit harder than what Jimmy was hitting, you know. Um, and, you know, you get to freshman year of college, you're playing guys who were 21, 22 years old and who would just hit the ball. Um, they have an idea of what they're doing. And that's kind of almost every step of the way, especially, you know, when you go from uh, college to the minor leagues, you know, it, it's everybody, the game is just quicker, faster, stronger, everything about it. And then the minor leagues to the pros, it's, you don't get those, you know, college last guy out of the bullpen type of pitcher where it's, you know, everyone's throwing their best stuff at you every day and you don't really get a break the higher level you get, obviously. And that's just kind of been the biggest, the biggest adjustment for sure, I would say, moving, you know, from level to level, it's guys are, you know, they're on top of their routine, they're on top of their command if they're throwing to you. And, again, everybody has that, that same outcome when you get to the minor leagues. It's, hey, we're all trying to be, you know, at the highest level possible. And I just think everybody kind of goes about their business a little bit different, and it shows on the field where, like I said, the game, every level you go higher, it's the game is just bigger, faster, stronger. But, again, it's – it's the same game. Zach Short from the Tigers joining us. I think he's in the ballpark, probably walking through uh, the tunnel would be my guess. Brett, why don't you bring him back up for a second? Zach, by the way, uh, second base shortstop uh, for the Tigers, 5'10", 180, 27 years of age, still chasing that dream. We lost him, Brett. We lost him. We lost him. We're, we're cool. He's in the tunnel. He's underneath the stadium. It's horrible mobile reception there. It is. It's not your fault. He. It's not your fault. We lost him. That happens. When you have. Hey, I bet. I bet that Zach was underneath the stadium in the tunnel, maybe parking, walking through, and you lose him there at the ballpark. Am I correct, Zach? No, I'm actually sitting in the dugout. The reception might not be the best in here, so I'm going to start walking on the field. See, he's going to walk on the field. He's in the dugout. He was underneath something. I told you, Superfly. <laughs> I told you, Zach Short. was. I've been there at the ballpark. You walk through that tunnel, I, I'll have better luck standing on top of a mountain in the Middle East and getting reception. <laughs> that, that is true. I will give you that. Zach Short joining us from the dugout, now making his way out to the field, just going to be wandering aimlessly while everybody's looking at him, saying, what are you doing? All right, before I let you go, uh, best major league pitcher you faced, that you've seen? Ooh, <laughs> to this point, there's it's almost <laughs> a handful of them. Um, but my first kind of time where I was like, all right, this guy was nasty, was Lance McCullers of the Astros. We uh, It was in a doubleheader, and the game before, this is in 2021, um, when there were still seven inning double headers, and the first game I went on myself, you know, and 
wasn't really supposed to play the second game, and AJ plugged me in there for the for the second game of the doubleheader, and I went over three against Lance McCullers and Ryan Presley with three strikeouts. So it kind of got humbled really quickly, and that was definitely the first time where I was like, okay, these guys are a little bit different. Uh, on your team, you know, obviously Miguel Cabrera, first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, when you look at whether it's Miguel or younger guys like Torque or Green. Uh, we look at this team, Javi Baez, defensively, you, you know, being an infielder, um, who on the team do you take the most from when you're preparing, whether it's, you know, right now getting set for the Mariners tonight or this weekend, you're taking BP infield, watching video, who from this current Tigers roster does Zach Short uh, get the most from? From, from everybody. I mean, it is like, you know, you have guys who just came over from the Phillies, like Maton and Beerling. They played in the World Series. You know, you have Javi, obviously. Javi and Miggy, you know, Greeny and Torque have had some huge at-bats. Um, and, and truly, like, every, not many guys in the locker room have been around all that long. You know, like, we're not one of those veteran-led teams, where, but there's a handful of them. And I think a majority, you know, of us as well, not, and me included, we just get everything from around our team in the locker room and the dugout. Like, there's always conversation going on, whether it's somebody who is who has 20 years, you know. Um, but again, I wouldn't say it's one person. I would, I would truly say that it's a majority of everybody. It's, it's a piece of what one person little bit from each guy and you know at the end of the day you have a full scattering report without even looking at something zach short uh he's number 59 for your detroit tigers infielder joining us uh well done even with the uh mobile interference which happens it's not your fault not our fault it's just <laughs> part of uh live radio i appreciate the time good luck this weekend with the tigers they're playing some great baseball and i hope to meet you in person or talk soon Absolutely. Thank you again. I really appreciate it. Yeah, back at you, Zach Short from the Tigers joining us. What's kind of funny about that interview, Superfly, that we can't control when we're doing live radio, that happens. But it's like filling in the words when he would lose. I felt like I'm playing a game show. Almost like a, not Pictionary, but like Scrabble Live, where I ask him, like, who did you get the most from watching and all of them. I'll go Miguel Cabrera for a hundred, please. It's time to play the Zach Short mobile phone game. <laughs> you know, what would be pretty cool, and it sounds like I'm using a delay, but that could be when people call the show on the Mercantile Bank listener line. And then you hear a blankety blank blank describe huge. Uh, I'll take an A. You got an H. I'll go F. Hmm. I'll go M. Superfly, you're taking it personal. There's nothing you can do. I, have, have you been to Comerica and try and get on a mobile phone or Ford Field? I swear to God, drop me off with a goat in Pakistan on a mountain, and I'm talking to my mom clearer than I am from Ford Field or Comerica. I am. Oh, my. I think it's just a combination of people, and you get the buildings blocking what really is a 5G, but not that I just see a 10G commercial now. Oh, my God. He's probably on 0.05G. 
Good job, Superfly. Zach Short will go into the huge Hall of Fame interview audio collection. You can find online by searching Huge Audio Hall of Fame Collection. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. In the den. Hey, sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. The Tigers offense still has a lot of room for improvement, but the signs of better plate discipline and better understanding of the strike zone are there for sure. In March and April, the Tigers Tigers rank 28th in strikeout percentage and 22nd in walk percentage. In the month of May, they are in the top five in strikeout percentage and 16th in walk percentage. The problem lately has been their ability or inability to come through with runners in scoring position. Their offense is among the worst in baseball in that category, and Detroit has left the fourth most men on base in the American League. It's positive that they're creating traffic on the base paths, but the next step is to finish the deal so they can crawl out of the league basement and run scored. Imagine this. Winning big at Soaring Eagle. Take on the open road for Harley-Davidson's 120th anniversary. Saturdays in May, win a 2023 Street Glider. On May 27th, you can drive home a limited edition Fat Boy. It's the 120th anniversary Harley-Davidson giveaway. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Have you ever played golf at Tullymore? St. Ives. Have you experienced a stay-and-play package in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of Grand Rapids? Well, here's what you need to do if you want to take advantage of great deals right now. Go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com, and you'll see the link for packages, accommodations, dining, meetings, weddings, events, and so much more. And especially golf on the 18-hole layout at Tullymore and the 18 holes at St. Ives. And they can accommodate any group, whether it's two people getting together or 200 looking for a weekend or an overnight celebration. That includes a little business, golf, great food, and beverages. Just go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com. They're located in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of GR. Get more info at TullymoreGolf.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Right now, I want to welcome in John Vanderwall, former major leaguer, played with Jeter, played with Bonds, taught them everything they know. Fabulous golfer, probably a shot at the Champions Tour in his early 60s as he's working with renowned instructor John Fortin, the former Yellow Jacket at Greenville. John's laundry list of turning games around uh, reaches far beyond West Michigan, across America, and also globally. So, John, we're not going to talk golf, but we are going to talk uh, Tigers baseball. You know, they'll go through stretches where you're like, here they go, they're going to be in contention, and then they'll lose a couple in a row in Washington. Started off strong in the Kansas City series. I like what I'm seeing. Baez is hitting. Uh, Torque has pushed his average above 
you know, 230. Uh, pitching has been decent. They're fighting to be a 500 ball club, and I really feel, John, as we've talked numerous times here since March, if they could find their way into the 70s for a win total at the end of the year, I think that's a pretty good season. It would, it would be an incredible season if they could just get to 70. The things I, I like are they're hitting. I think they're hitting. I said it earlier in April that their hitting would come around. It has. we got some good young hitters. Uh, Torque stepped up after we uh, gave him a two-week ultimatum. And I'll tell you what, I tip my hat to him because those two weeks were the best two weeks I've ever seen him play. Not that he's listening to us, but he got in a rhythm and he maintained it. That was the that was the biggest thing for me as he maintained it for more than two or three days and he's still throwing good at bats out there he's making hard contact he's making two out contact getting RBIs he's doing he's doing what he needs to do to stay in the big leagues. Baez is Baez he's gonna he's he's a great player he's he's finding his stroke. I am just impressed with some of these young kids the McKinstries the Verlings uh, even uh, the Mayton. Uh, his average is down a little bit, but I see him coming out. They just got to give him the at bats, like they gave Torkelson last year, the 500 at bats. Uh, there's a lot of promise here right now. Uh, I still am not high on the pitching, though. I think the pitching is a downfall, and, and I'm still projecting 65, but I would love to see them get, you know, 71, 72, 73 wins. As I look up and down the box score, probably every couple of days, just to check it on the averages. Look at how A.J. Hinch is adjusting the lineup. You mentioned McKinstry, even Zach Short. They seem to have a, a good major league roster right now and a mix. You don't see a lot of scope outside of situational late-inning replacements or if there's a pitching matchup uh, where it, it fits his bat. Uh, they're just playing energetic baseball. Uh, I like what Harris has done, and I agree with you. I mean, you're looking at the pitching – sustainability, you know, we're not to that first checkpoint that we talked about, which would be Memorial Day, and then it's 4th of July, and then it's Labor Day, and where a team is at. You know, when you when you look at this team right now, if we had to fast forward to the end of the year, so let's say they get to your 65, 70, little over 70 wins. Based on what you've seen so far from the Tigers, John, arms and bats, who are guys you really like next year as a core where now Harris will say, I have these guys, I have to hit free agency to upgrade here, there. Uh, how many, I guess, regular guys do you see in the lineup that you're seeing right now? On the everyday, on the everyday side, there's a lot of them, a lot of young kids. We just went through the majority of them, but they have a lot of young kids that are going to play. I don't believe Baez is going to be around. However, on the pitching side, I don't see anybody. I, it, to me, is going to be a total rebuild on the pitching side. You're not going to see Rodriguez here, in my opinion. I think he's gone in, in mid to late July. I think they're going to get a, get a nice little package for him. Baez, I think they're going to get some players, although he's not going to be as valuable as what Rodriguez is to a contending team that's in first or second place and needs that starter. Can, and that is based upon um, Rodriguez continuing to pitch the way he does. So the pitching, I don't see a lot right now. You know, will Scoobal come back? You know, I don't know. Will Mize come back? I don't know. Scoobal was the real deal if he didn't have arm problems. Other than that, I don't like what they have. Other, You know, what's his name? The uh, Lorenzen, he's been a surprise. 
I've liked his fastball. I don't like his changeup. I think a lot of some of the success with some of these pitchers were, you know, we talked about it before how bad the National League really looked in that early play, uh, in the early months here, in the early month and a half. The National League was terrible. I mean, the teams that the that the Tigers have played have been on the down on the downswing right now. Cleveland was terrible. Um, most the majority of the National League teams were terrible. So they they were fortunate enough that they had. Uh, we're, we're playing some teams that were not playing well, and some of these pitchers did do well. But And the long haul here, I think, is going to be a tremendous struggle. John Vanderwall, former major leaguer, calls West Michigan home. One of our Tigers MLB insiders joining us here on the huge show across Michigan. You have a Tigers comment or question, you can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE, also at HUGE Show on Twitter, The HUGE Show on Facebook. So, John, I'm looking at Fiedo, Lorenzen, uh, Boyd is a, a journeyman veteran who's filling a hole, right? And I'm trying to think, and I agree with you, if you're looking to a year from now, there's no one in the minor leagues ready to be the next phenom. You know, Job's battled through injuries. Fiedo just doesn't look like a, a, you know one of the five arms you're going to have. So you're Scott Harris. What is it next year? Is it finding more Eduardo Rodriguez's? Because the reason why they're not going to keep him, at least on the outside looking in, Baez and Rodriguez have those options, and you don't want to lose them and not get anything in return. Correct? Correct. And from I've heard other people say that um, Rodriguez isn't happy in Detroit. You know, I don't know if Baez is or not. The Baez thing could be a little more complex, where will he have an offer? If he continues to produce, someone's going to want his bat and his glove at second base in the lineup. You know, the pitching, though, is just... you. Know, you got to keep throwing out. You got to keep throwing Wentz out there. Uh, I believe Manning's coming back, but and and I've said it before. Manning to me is a three-four starter right now. Can he become better? Maybe. Um, Wentz, a three-four starter. Can he become better? Maybe. So you have to keep throwing these guys out. Fiedo. I mean, when I was in the organization, you know, he was the number one pick, and he was throwing ninety mile an hour. So I don't know, you know, where in the world. This kid got drafted in the first round. And be honest with you, um, we all were jaw dropped when we were in spring training in the minor leagues that this guy got as much as he did because it just the stuff wasn't there. It was flat. Um, he's a bigger kid, but there just wasn't a lot of velocity. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So I, I that doesn't look like that's a four or five guy up down AAA guy. Um, you hope that Scooble will come back. Turnbull came back and was garbage. So, and he's 30, 31 years old. Had a lot of promise when he was 24, but there's a lot of other things involved with him within the organization that's not the organization's fault, um, that it took him so long to get to the big leagues. And now with the arm surgery, he hasn't come back. I mean, it, it's, was, it was horrendous. So they've, let's see where they're at. If, if there's a lot of promise with the hitting and you've got to go out, and, you're going to have to go out and get two, three pitchers if you want to compete next year, bottom line. Uh, that's my thinking, that at least three veterans – and, and you're going to need, if you want to be a true contender, one, if not two, top-shelf free agents, which means you're going to pay another journeyman veteran or two at three and four and hope that a Manning or one of these arms or a Lorenzen or even Fiedo, and I agree with you, he just doesn't have the power to get it by anybody. 
that one of those young arms are your fifth starter. You know, you can't always have a Braves rotation or uh, the Yankees, but and I like what Harris has done. Some of the pickups, you know, Veerling just, he looks like an everyday major leaguer. You know, Torque, being patient with him, uh, has worked. I, I, just, I, I like what I'm seeing, but you're going to need pitching to contend now. They are blessed to even be in the conversation when people look at standings that the AL Central, Cleveland isn't the Cleveland from last year. Minnesota, do they have enough pitching uh, to keep it going all year long? So the Central could be one of those divisions where it might be the first to 500 wins. It could be. So they're fortunate enough to be in in that division. It's just very promising for and me as a Tiger fan. It's very promising because I watch a lot of Tiger games and I want them to win. And, it, and you always feel better that when they when they do win, it is promising to see that they are winning, they are competing. the The bats have been very good. the 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 people that they've got running their big league program have been outstanding. So I, I tip my hat to them. Um, these kids are playing, and they're and they're and they're using the whole field. And I and as a former player, I love to see that because it's been horrendous. I've talked with a few of my friends and um, some older guys, and uh, it just was very very troubling to see the way that the hitting was going. Uh, I we did predict that it was going to go this way that they were going to start using the whole field because they got rid of. The, I think a lot most people are getting rid of this tech stuff. Uh, with on the hitting side, so that's promising. It's just that the pitching pitching is where you win and lose. And right now, it, it is kind of fun to say, okay, the Tigers have enough offense, but now we've really got to start finding some arms. Um, the what the what they're doing there, what Harris is doing there, is is I think is outstanding, and he's got a knack for for looking at things. And I believe he's going to find somebody. He's going to find some gem uh, with the Rodriguez and the Baez. Trade. He might find a couple. I like him. I really do. Uh, some of the deals and these journeyman uh, position players he's getting, uh, he's impressed me. There, there hasn't been a lot where I've said, okay, what is this guy thinking? And I, I think our big question has been answered, at least for now, that Torque looked like he needed more minor league seasoning, and he's knocked his average up you know, by 35 points since we said that a few weeks back. So we'll see what the Tigers do. John Vanderwalt, former major leaguer, talking Tigers MLB here on the Huge Show across Michigan. You have a Tigers comment or question, you can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1 866 838 4843. That's 1 866 838 Huge. Add Huge Show on Twitter, The Huge Show on Facebook, and also opt in on that huge text chain. Text the word Huge uh, to 21,000. Uh, early on, uh, as we near the end of May, first couple of months, who has surprised you right now, team-wise, in the major leagues? Well, the Pirates did for a while. I mean, they the, the tremendous start that they got off to. They hit a they hit a slide, and now it looks like they're coming back out of it. Um, to be honest, the Tigers in the American League. I mean, the Rangers, but I expect that with Boach and, and the money that they spent. Um, I am very, I don't want to say, I am a little shocked that the Tigers are where they are right now. They are playing close to 500 baseball. They are in the middle of it in the uh, AL Central. They're playing with heart again. These young kids are running around the field, and it's fun to see. So as a Tiger fan, I will be a little, little biased and say I think the Tigers are, the, are, are a big surprise 
in the first month and a half. Now, from Tampa, who we saw in that opening game when we had our winners for the Michigan Sports Network, and I was down there for game one, uh, they've been on fire. Yankees have had a strong May. They kind of were going through the motions during the month of April, so I'm trying to look at the American League, and I like what the Yankees have done. Now they're kind of playing uh, for the value of their paychecks in the month of May. Well, it's tough playing in New York. It's it's awesome to play there, but it's also very, very tough. When you have the Tampa Bay Rays come out and put up the numbers they're putting up now, that puts a lot of stress on that on that organization and that payroll and these guys. I'm sure they've had a couple clubhouse meetings where they're like, take a look around. Do you like who's around you? Do you like your friends? Well, you better start winning because if you don't start winning, we're going to start changing things because that's what the Yankees do. So they have played well. Um, the... Rays have fallen off a bit, but they're strong. That AL Central, I mean, the AL East is just something, man, isn't it? I mean, from top to bottom, it is absolute quality. That is a division the Tigers want to stay out of. I mean, how many more games do they have in that division? That's a tough division you want to totally stay out of. And because these teams in that division are playing, it seems like, every night for the playoffs. Because if you don't win, he gone. You know, I do like over the National League, uh, when you're talking about teams that stand out, Padres seem to be underachieving with so much money. You're paying these guys big cash. They got guaranteed 10 years. Where's the motivation? You know, Dodgers are lining up. I know they fought through some injuries and lost guys like Bellinger. The motivation. You know, you play a 162-game season. You're a team that's won a lot, been deep into the playoffs, guys making big cash. You're a manager. How do you keep them motivated? That's why I don't like the big deals. I, it, And as a former player, yeah, it, they're nice to have. But for me, and the owners caused it. Because if the owners would have stayed together and gave three-year deals with an option for a fourth, they wouldn't have been into this in, in this situation they're in. problem is it's here and it's here to stay. And you are exactly right. you got 10 years you know what motivation do you have? Even even okay. So you take Javi Baez, for instance. What do you get? One hundred fifty million. And then he's like two for forty, two for fifty. Yeah, it bothers him. But you know what? Every two weeks that paycheck's coming in. So there's not a there's not a sense of urgency. Now I have been very very disappointed with the National League teams that I've seen. Uh, again, the Tigers were fortunate enough that they got they got to these teams, but uh, for me, I, I just, I like the way the Tigers have played. I like the way, t- you know, Torque stepped up, because I'll tell you, he was, in my opinion, he was a couple weeks away from going down, and he did step it up. Now he's at 235, 240. Now he has a little bit of leeway where he can maintain, he can fall off for 10, 12, 15 at-bats, not drop down too much, get it back and roll, because I'll tell you what, as a young kid, and you're facing the Mendoza line, and everyone says, oh, hey, you're doing a good job. You're hitting the ball well. That doesn't matter because this is a mind game. And hats off to him. He got his average up. Now let's just see if he can continue. Thank you, John. Always good to talk baseball with the former major leaguer who calls West Michigan home. Listen for John uh, every other week or so on the HUGE show in studio and also on remote location. On the way, another moving Ferris forward conversation, this time with the leader, from Big Rapids, Michigan, who heads up the athletic department at Ferris State University, Steve Brocklebank, the AD, will join us next. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. 
I'm Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball. I'm Herman Moore, and football is my game. So we know a few things about sports. And the passion of Detroit fans. That's why we're big fans of Eagle Casino and sports. It's the mobile sports book that lets you bet on action all year long. Right from your mobile device. Eagle Casino and sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Download the app and start winning today. Must be 21 or older and in Michigan to play. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. They say consistency is the key to success. They weren't wrong. So how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth? Consistently refreshing and consistently light. You might just find that the road to success can be pretty enjoyable. Michelob Ultra, the perfect balance of taste and refreshment and only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. It's time for another Moving Ferris Forward interview. And today, Ferris State Athletic Director Steve Brocklebank uh, will join us. And we're going to talk about this new Football Alliance Committee, where the D2 is looking at their playoff structure, looking at ways of maybe increasing revenue, fan interest, TV deals, and more. How you doing, Steve? Doing great. How are you doing, Huge? I'm doing good, buddy. Uh, so, Dr. Pink uh, and yourself are on this Football Alliance Committee. Yeah, that's exactly right. So uh, Mike Racy, the commissioner of the MIAA, and our commissioner of the GLIAC, Chris Dunbar, I think both uh, had spoken earlier in the year and recognized that certainly there was a need for some improvements to the Division II playoff structure. And so um, Mike really put together a white paper and created a group to take a comprehensive over, you know, overview of the Division II playoffs and, and see if we can make some recommendations uh, to the NCAA in regards to how we can how we can change some things to improve the, improve the playoff structure and and the, and, the, and the experience for student athletes. So uh, this committee uh, is going to provide recommendations to the NCAA. So we don't have the authority to create policy. Uh, we can only provide recommendations and take them. Uh, to the NCAA, which we're hoping to do. So uh, with Dr. Pink, the Ferris State University president, who's been on the job a little over a year, doing an amazing job, yourself also new to the landscape, a little over a year at Ferris as the AD, uh, you guys are there with other D2 schools, and you're going to look at improving playoff uh, format, structure, uh, how do we get a TV deal? Yeah. Uh, you're not going to get D1 Power 5 money, uh, but kind of get together and say, okay, Power 5 cuts all these deals. Let's see what's out there for the D2 schools. Right. Well, so there's seven conferences represented uh, on this particular alliance, along with the D2 Coaches Connection. And so uh, the GLIAC is one of those conferences that's represented. There's 15 Division II conferences in the country, and each conference is represented by a university president. In the case of the GLIAC, it's it's uh, Dr. Pink, our president here at Ferris, and an AD, which in this case of GLIAC is me, and then their conference commissioner, which for us is Chris Dunbar. And you know how fortunate that we are to have Dr. Pink as our president. Um, 
I hit the, I hit the uh, AD jackpot when it comes to presidents. Uh, this guy's a former student athlete, uh, former coach, uh, former athletic administrator. So that's that's unusual for a university president. So having him on there makes a ton of sense, and he's got a lot of valuable input and, and uh, that he provides. But yeah, we're going to look at everything. We're going to take a look really at regionalization. Try to avoid situations like we had this past year, the Ferris Davenport game. You know, if you recall, we played Davenport late in the season, and then all of a sudden we get to the playoffs, and in round one we're playing Davenport again. So, some of those situations just don't make don't make a ton of sense, right? We're also going to look at scheduling within Division Two and try to see if there's opportunities to create some scheduling alliances with other conferences. Scheduling is getting to be a real struggle in Division Two. Putting together eleven week schedules is a struggle. You know, we're going to look at, you know, should we open up the option to use week zero in a season? Should we push the national championship game back a week to give us more room to, uh, to schedule and then also maybe open up some opportunities to give us some better TV times? Um, so there's a lot of things that we're going to look at on, on this particular, with this particular committee. I'm excited about it. We've had one meeting. Uh, we got another one in June. We'll have another one this summer. And uh, so, but yeah, I think there's some opportunities there for us to improve the current structure and, and enhance the experience for the student-athlete. Steve Brocklebank is the athletic director of Ferris State University, joining us on another Moving Ferris Forward interview each and every week. We talk to the leaders in Big Rapids, Michigan, at Ferris State University. You can find out more about moving your future forward at ferris.edu. So, Steve, with Dr. Pink and the two of you on this Football Alliance D2 committee, if you were in charge right now, what would be immediate changes that you think would benefit not only D2 football, but maybe D2 sports? Well, I think one of the things we could look at is, is, is getting away from regionalization. So, in, in other words, you know, not being scared and, and uh, you take teams out of region and move them into different regions to avoid matchups that have already occurred late in their seasons. Um, and to ensure that when we get to the national championship game, that we have the two best teams playing in the national championship. I think there's a there's a sense from a lot of us in Division Two that the national championship game is getting played somewhere in a region uh, weeks before the actual national championship game, and we we obviously want to avoid that. And one of the things we've discussed too is is there an evaluation tool that we can create. Uh, similar to the KPI, something that would help those who are seeding teams um, have some type of algorithm that would help help them in their seeding process, right? So those are some of the conversations that are going on. But I certainly think if we can avoid this regionalization and not be scared to spend a little bit more money, and I know budgets are always a concern because uh, it does cost to put a team on a plane and get them into another region, but there's, I think there's opportunity to put a team on a bus and get them into another region and, and avoid some of those, those matchups and make sure we have a quality – uh, national championship game that people are going to want to tune into. You know, you that's, only, that's, yeah. the only time we're on, that's the only time huge. That's the only time we're on national TV. Right. And you mentioned yeah. you mentioned national budgets or, or team budgets. You know, for national championships, I know the NCAA ponies up some of that cash, but the school budgets and not every D two school has a president like Doctor Pink or an AD like yourself or Tony Anise and the rest of the sports. Brock and the ladies' sports and the girls' soccer going to the semis. You got Grand Valley and all the GLIAC schools are uh, doing pretty well. Uh, what what is what is the best path for some of these schools that just don't have the money 
uh, to be competitive. That, that's an interesting dynamic that you're seeing at the D1 level with Washington State. They have to pay back TV money. Right. Uh, they shut down expenditures. That's a D1 right. Pac-12 school. It's a real issue, and I assume that will be part of the conversation with this D2 Football Alliance committee that you and Dr. Pink are on. There's no question that's the topic. And, you know, the reality is winning is expensive. It just is, right? Your, your teams are going to play longer. There are costs associated. Yes, we do receive reimbursement from the NCAA, but it's not full reimbursement uh, for the entire travel party that you really need to travel, right, and the resources you really need to bring with you and have with you when you, when you go on the road or even when you play at home. So, um, yeah, that's definitely a concern. I don't know if I have a great answer for that. I, I, I know that if you're committed to winning, then, you know, there are some costs associated, and, and, uh, and, and we at Ferris have no issue with that, right? We, we recognize that. We celebrate that. We think that's a, that's a fantastic problem to have. Steve Brocklebank, AD at Ferris, joining us on another Moving Ferris Forward interview here on the Huge Show across Michigan. We do it each and every week. Is there the possibility that a portion of the D2 schools could get together? And I'm not saying there's going to be a, a power group at the D2 level, Steve, but the healthier schools financially, Grand Valley yourself, uh, you know, other GLIAC schools, if not the entire GLIAC, that there could be a, could there end up being a, a division two and then a division, a subdivision for division two where these schools move closer uh, to division, it'd be the football championship series or whatever they call it now, the old Division One AA, that there could be right. a new group that forms? I don't know. You know, we have not had any of that. Those conversations have not occurred. And I certainly hope that doesn't happen, right? I think our, our goal is to grow Division Two. We recognize the need to add members within Division Two, And so we want to make sure it's welcoming for all institutions. And, and uh, so, no, those conversations have not occurred. And, again, I... I I, I certainly hope that doesn't happen. I think Division II uh, has, a, has a perfect balance, right? We offer scholarships. We have scholarship athletes. We compete at a high level. Competing and winning championships is important. But yet we allow our student athletes to have a life and balance, right, and, and, and be involved in other things on campus, which I think is awesome. And, it's, and so it, it gives you a chance to be a student athlete at a high level, but yet be a student and, and really get that experience of being a, a college student, right? So I, I love Division Two and what it represents. I, I want to see it grow. Yeah, because I know you've been a part of the MAC uh, in previous stops uh, with coaching yeah. and also administration. So I've always felt, gosh, will Ferris and Grand Valley move up to D2? I mean, they're both West Michigan, big TV market. Uh, when that, would they move up uh, from D2? to the MAC one day. So I think this Football Alliance Committee is good for the health and the future of D2 football. And to have Dr. Pink from Ferris and yourself as the Ferris AD on it, I think that's a good move in the right direction with the GLIAC commissioner. Yeah, I I totally agree. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited about the work that we're doing, and I'm I'm looking forward to the recommendations that will come come from this group. Ferris is moving forward with athletics and also academics. Uh, You can go to ferris.edu to find out more on how you can move your life forward. Ferris.edu. Also, you'll see the athletics button. You can click on that and follow everything. Uh, Ferris State Athletics, also on Twitter and Facebook. Steve, good stuff. Thanks for the conversation. Enjoy the holiday weekend. You too, my man. So, All right, Steve Brocklebank. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Steve Brocklebank, AD at Ferris State University in Big Rapids, Michigan, joining us on another Moving Ferris Forward interview on the huge show across Michigan. Big. Bad. Huge.